Do you guys believe that tonight? Because if there's no miracle, then you're not finished yet. Because you do impossible like no one else can. Oh, if there's no miracle, then there must be one up ahead. Boy, you're the same God now as you've always been. Come on, I see you taking ground. I see you taking ground. You said. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We just want to say good morning. Praise the Lord. We love you. We welcome all our online viewers. We want you to worship with us this morning. If you are sitting, we want you to stand because we are about to praise and worship God. And we want you to join in with us. Hallelujah. Oh 
Um, and those of you that are here, if you have a prayer request, I want you just to slip your hand up in the air. You don't have to tell me what your prayer request is. God knows. When you put your hand in the air, just begin to put that thought of that uh, situation or that person in your mind, who you want to be prayed for. It could be you, but just put your hand up and begin to think about that situation and that person, that individual. And we're going to pray in just a second here. And if there's anyone online that would like for us to pray any specific prayer with them or for them, we will do that for you as well. You just have to let us know. But we want God to touch us in a special way. And we want to leave here differently from the way that we came in. We want answers to questions that we don't have the answers to. We want guidance and direction for us to be begin to just do what we need to do and be who we are in Christ. And so let's pray together and ask for God's will to be done. Father, for every uplifted hand here in the house of the Lord and for every prayer request, Lord God, that is being made known before you. You know what's in our heart, Lord. And we pray this morning in the name of Jesus, touching and agreeing, Lord, that your will be done for every lifted hand. I touch and agree with them. Whatever their situation, whatever the answer that they need, Lord God, I pray that you will speak to them, that they may know what is the will of God, that they may understand what it is that you are doing, Lord God. I pray, Father, for those uh, who are bound and need to be delivered uh, and need to be set free. Uh, I touch and agree this morning uh, that they will be set free, uh, that they will be loose from the strongholds uh, that binds them, that they will be victorious uh, in the way, uh, oh God, that they need to go. Uh, I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, uh, for every person, Lord God, uh, have joined us virtually online, uh, that you will bless them, Lord, uh, that your will be done in their life, uh, that the power of God uh, will move upon them as they praise you and worship you today they will experience victory deliverance and salvation i pray almighty god that the service lord god will be power packed by the spirit of god and the will of god may be done touch us all anoint us all and use us all thy kingdom come and thy will be done we thank and praise you for all these things in jesus name Clap your hands unto the Lord and let's thank him this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to continue to praise Jesus. Blessing name above our name. Name above our name. Blessing. Blessing. And honor. And honor. Name above our name. Name above our name. Dominion. Dominion. And power. And power. Name above our name. Name above our name. Righteous. Righteous. And holy. And holy. Name above our name. Name above our you name. You are glorious. Glorious. And worthy. And worthy. He who was dead. He is alive. He is alive. He reigns forever. He reigns forever. He is the Christ. He is the Christ. Exalted, exalted, lifted high, lifted high. Exalted, exalted, glorified, glorified, exalted, exalted, magnified. magnified. Is the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! If you believe that, put your hands together. Hallelujah! Above our name, name above our name, blessing, blessing, and honor, and honor, 
him praise. Exhort his name. Let's lift him high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Impossible. We'll see a miracle. 
Hallelujah. Let us worship him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we magnify your name this morning. Oh, God, we give you glory and all the honor this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. It's truly worthy to be praised this morning, Lord. Bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Praise God. I want to take this time out to welcome everyone. We want to greet our online congregation. We want to greet everyone that is in the house of God this morning. Amen. So glad that you came out this morning to be a part of what God is doing this morning. Amen. You believe what God is doing and you're here this morning. Amen. God is going to do something great in your life. Amen. The only way you can receive is by showing up. Amen. Praise God. So we greet everyone. So glad everyone is in the house of God this morning. Amen. Consider praise and magnify the Lord this morning. Amen. Brother Tom's going to come up with a few announcements. Amen. Good morning, church. Is that on? Yes, it is. Most times in the, um, on Sunday, I have um, a different way to greet at the 9 o'clock and the uh, 10.30 service, but today the Lord's pushing me to say some of the things that I said earlier this morning. Um, today's the first day of spring. So one of the things that uh, goes along with the first day of spring is the fact that it's also what's called the vernal equinox. Vernal is a word that's in Latin that means spring. And what the equinox means is that the length of our day and the length of our night are exactly the same. That's, and one of the things I didn't share first thing this morning is this. The planet Earth and the sun line up exactly perfectly correct. The center of each of them is exactly at the same place. If you plant a stick in the center of the equator at, at the equator line, there's no shadow at 12 o'clock today. The light comes down and there's no shadow. That's how God is perfect. That perfect alignment between our planet and the sun is just that. So one of the things I did say this morning was is that the physical is also the spiritual. And we had uh, this exciting, perfect alignment of things this past weekend. And it was incredible. On Friday night, we had four at our district uh, an event that just took place on Friday night received the Holy Ghost. On Saturday, there were nine that received the Holy Ghost on Saturday. What I also didn't say first thing this morning was three of them are right here in this room. Yes, three of them are right here in this room. So where I'm going with what I'm saying is this. This was a district event. It was a joint effort between the North American Missions and the North Central Jersey District. On Saturday, when nine people received the Holy Ghost, there were members from eight churches that were there, eight churches within this district. That hasn't happened exactly like that. There was somebody from seven of those eight churches that received the Holy Ghost. This celebration all over the district today. Two years ago, we formed a ministry called um, Celebrate Recovery. The name of it is called One. 
The two scriptures that I read this morning, we're going to read them again. John 17 and 22 reads, And the glory which thou hast gave, thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And the other scripture that we use for inspiration is Luke 17 and 19. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. When we are whole, we are one. Since the beginning of time, since God created what is, he's been drawing us towards the oneness that he created us as. And so as we go forward, what we're looking for is a couple of things. What maybe you don't completely get and understand is this. The prayers that we're sending up on at 5 a.m., Monday through Friday, are paying dividends. Those who get, gather here on Saturday at 6.30, they're paying dividends. I shared this with Pastor um, just before church started. I told you a story about Kevin uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. A man who I know from the streets in Trenton, who I met. I hadn't seen him in a while. We've been praying for him. People just like Kevin. He was there at the gym on Saturday morning. I hadn't planned on going to that gym. I go to a, t a different one on Saturday usually because uh, I have time. I went to the one in Ewing. One of the brothers that we've been praying for from this church, as soon as I finished saying hi to Kevin, he was right there. One of the brothers who's been missing in action from our church was right there. We've been praying for people who have slid away from us. Where There's dividends here. The investment that you're making is real. My point, the things that you are doing are, are paying off. We're trying to reach people in the community. Join us at 5 a.m. if you haven't. Maybe you cannot be there. Pray at 5 o'clock wherever you are. If you're not able to do that, be here on Saturday. Be here on, um, on, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, on prayer breakfast. The next prayer breakfast is going to be on April the 2nd at 8 a.m. Those of you who are online, we know that you are hungry to be right here with us. Join us at those times. Pray with us at, on Saturday, the first Saturday of the month at 8 a.m., wherever you are. Pray, for, pray with us on Saturdays at 6.30 when the, when the live stream doesn't work. Be with us. Join us. We're going someplace. We're going to be making a difference here in this community. The next event that's going to take place for the district is um, on April the 22nd. Friday at 7.30 is a worship service uh, with the North Central Jersey District. It's the annual conference. I received the Holy Ghost there several years ago. That's where I met the Lord for the first time. I met the Holy Spirit there. Saturday the 23rd, there's a business meeting. Pastors encourage us to come and be involved in all different things. It's all my stuff. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Everybody, let's praise the Lord one more time. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. So glad to be here one more time to 
you know, magnify the Lord. The Lord is doing great things in the time that we're living in. Amen. We have all the right to give him praise and all the glory and all the honor because he's worthy to be praised. Um, you know, while Brother Tom was saying his, uh, the announcement and I'm there sitting over there, I'm saying, um, you know, we're, we're still in our reach endeavor. We believe in God that is going to work a miracle for us. And for those of you that are out there either via online or that is in the congregation that's not yet part of the miracle that God has in store for us, you know, would like to be a part of what God is doing for us in this hour. We're still trying to raise 1.5, 1.7 to $2.5 million. We need um, at least $500,000, hopefully in another month or another two months. I'm believing God for that. Amen. Because at the moment that the doors are open from the township, we're going to move right in. We have work to do. Amen. Don't get laid back. We have work to do. We're going to call work days. We're going to do it. So the building is up there on the media system. We need 500,000. We believe in God's going to open up the door for us. So if you're not yet partner with us, partner with us. You're going to enjoy. You're going to run around. You can just let the kids run loose. Don't have to worry about nothing. Amen. God is doing something great in this hour. So at this time, it's offering time. Come on, everybody. It's offering time. Amen. If you're ready to be a blessing this morning, we're going to invite you to stand with us if you can. Amen. As we get ready to receive our offering this morning, we want to be a part of uh, 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 what God is doing. Amen. So we're going to invite you to stand as we pray this morning if you can. We're inviting everyone that can. If you can stand, stand with us as we pray and ask the Lord's blessing. Amen. Praise God. Father God, we thank you for this time of the service, O oh God. We're truly thankful for all the things that you have done for us, O oh God. Lord God, we're going to continue to rejoice and be glad because you have made us glad, O oh God. Father God, as we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you your blessing upon every givers. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise. Open doors so they too can be a blessing, O oh God. We believe in you, Lord God, for the miracle that you have in store for us, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to continue to open up doors for us, Lord God. Make ways when there seems to be no way. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we say thanks for all your blessing. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. If you're giving online, you can go to www.myccc.faith. You can go to PayPal at uh, the at sign Christ Center Church. Or you can go to Cash App, the dollar sign CCC 2711. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen.
to glorify his name. Hallelujah. Glorify his name. Glorify his name. Glorify his name. Oh, yes. Glorify his name. Glorify the name of the Lord. Glorify his name. Oh, we come to glorify him. Glorify his name. What did you come to do? Glorify his name, glorify his name, oh yes, glorify his name, oh glorify the name of the Lord, glorify his name. Come on, clap your hands. If we want to go on some more, say, wave your hands and glorify his name. And then glorify his name. Wave your hands and glorify his name. Oh, yes, glorify his name. Oh, glorify the name of the Lord. Glorify his name. Hallelujah. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Come on, joy is mine. Oh, joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine. Oh, I told Satan. Get thee behind, joy today happiness is mine, happiness is mine, happiness today is mine, I told Satan, get thee behind, happiness today is mine. Salvation is mine, salvation is mine, salvation today is mine. Oh, I told Satan, get thee behind, salvation today is mine. Jesus is mine, Jesus is mine, Jesus today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind, Jesus today is mine. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah! Amen. Come on, Jesus. I don't know what y'all came to do, but I made up in my mind that I'm going to just enjoy the Lord. I'm going to praise him no matter what it looks like. Jesus is my God. Jesus is my King. He is my Savior, my healer, my deliverer. He's the restorer of my soul, my kingsman redeemer. I'm going to love him no matter what. He is the great I am. Thank you, Jesus. Church, we got to get to the place where we become comfortable in just feeling after the Lord. We can't just wait for the next thing to happen. We just got to say, God, pull me by your spirit. Wherever you're going, that's where I want to be. Wherever the Lord leads us, that's where we're going to be. Amen. We have some great things going on in this church. 
Amen. There's so much going on that we, we don't have enough time to tell you all of that. Preach the word and sing and all of this stuff. Amen. If we were back in the day, we would just have church all day long. Because that's how much stuff that's going on. We need a whole day of service to do it. Anyway, uh, we have some folks here that need to get certificate. And the first person I'm going to call is Joshua Buck, the third. Come on up, Joshua. I kid with him and say, when you have a third in your name, it means that you've been called for special things and that, you know, you, you know, something is good going on with you. Come on and stand right here, Brother Joshua. He was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ on February 17th in the year of 2022. Amen. This is your certificate of baptism, and we want to present this to you. Amen. This is yours. You can hold on to it. We'll take pictures in a second. I've got some more stuff going on here. Hold on. Got more stuff going on. All right. This is Holy Ghost certificate. Luke Monroe. We want Luke to come. You come on over this side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke Monroe. On the 19th day of March 2022, you were baptized with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with tongues. You've got God's spirit in your heart and nobody can take that from you. Stacy Holiday, you were baptized with the Holy Ghost on March 19th. 2022, God filled you with his spirit and he lives inside of you and nobody can change that. Nobody. Here you are. This is your certificate. Hallelujah. And watch this. Isidore Holiday, the husband. Come on up, husband. Man, oh man, God baptized him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance on the 19th day of March, 2022. This is yours, my brother. I appreciate y'all. Let me tell you something. It is very important that we understand what God is doing in the kingdom. We had a lady in our district that is just tremendous in how she ministers for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can go to many places. I've been around many people that praise people through to the Holy Ghost. And I believe God baptized people with the Spirit even when we don't do it the way it's supposed to be done. He just does because he loves us. But what Sister Vicki taught us is just top-notch. It is biblical. It is just accurate. And it works because it's the way that God intended for people to be filled with his spirit. And I just thank God for those that went. I thank God for Brother Tom. He took them with him. And here we go. Luke, I am so happy for you. Luke had had his struggles. He got to the place where he felt like, man, God is not, you know, touching me. God is not working in my life. And he gave her for a little bit. He didn't even want to have nothing to do with church. I remember one time on our, um, our, um, our, our text, you know, our group text, Luke was like, take me off the group text. He was just through with church. That's a testimony. He was just, I can't be bothered with church. And, and guess what? Many of us will feel like that. And, and we just keep pressing through. He just said, forget it. But God is so good to him. He got a faithful mama. Oh, 
He's got a faithful mama that says, no matter what, I'm coming into the house of the Lord. And she comes and she prays for her family and God is working in her home and in her family. You might not see it. You might not understand it, but God will manifest it sooner or later. And here we are, Luke being baptized with the spirit for real, for real, spoke with tongues as the spirit gave him the utterance. We thank God for that. So come on, we're going to take some pictures. Come on up a little bit. Come on up. Hallelujah. Open up your certificate. Open up your certificate. Open up your certificate. Amen. Open up your certificate. Hallelujah. God bless you. Love you all. Love you all. I got a certificate for you, Brother Ethan. Come and get your certificate. This is an appreciation certificate. This was from 2019. I'm, I'm giving them certificates from 2019. Come on up. Praise God. We appreciate you. I know you're my son, but I appreciate you. I don't want, I don't want you to think because you're my son, I don't appreciate you. I appreciate you. Amen. Amen. We got a great praise and worship leader. Oh, we got a great praise and worship leader. Good man. Good man. He get ready to be on a daddy soon, and I'm excited. Amen. Whew. It feels different to be a grandparent than it is a dad. Whew. I'm telling you, man, it's a different thing. I, only God can explain that one. Amen. My little boy just came and he walked the other day. I cried. I ain't telling nothing. So now I'm telling y'all the first time. When I saw him walking the other day, a tear came in my eye. I, that ain't happened with all my kids. None of my kids, when they walk, no tear ain't come in my eye. My grand boy walked the other day and tear came in my eye. I said, what is this? I'm serious. I don't know. God just, as you live your life, you, you just get to experience God more and say, God, my Lord. You know, God just takes you down the road and do some things that you just couldn't believe uh, would just happen in your life. And so I thank God for his goodness. Amen. Thank God for his goodness. My boy Liam is in the house. Amen. His mom and dad don't do him right. I'm I'm taking him. Give him my, give him my boy. That's my boy right there. Amen. God has blessed us with Liam, and we thank God for him. Well, we thank God for all of our grandchildren, but Liam is the last one. <laughs> he's the la- no, he's not the final one. He's the last one of the bunch that we have right now. <laughs> I'm sure he's not the final one. If the Lord tarry, I'm sure he's not the final one. I'm sure there'll be more. Amen. Cause we got some some little ones that's planning their life. I got I got one child that says I only want one. That's what my oldest son said too. <laughs> my my oldest son said I only want one. She got two. Amen. Yep. My youngest one said that too. I only want one. Yeah, whatever. Amen. Hallelujah. This past, what was it, this past Friday, I believe, was Sister Deborah Brantley's birthday, one of our online members, and um, I, I sent the happy birthday message first to her husband, and um, it took him a minute, but he responded back, oh, I appreciate the blessing, Pastor, but that's my wife's birthday. <laughs> it's my wife's birthday, so I finally got to Miss Deborah and texted her over, let her know, I said, celebrate for the whole weekend, Miss Deborah. God loves you. Amen. But I thank God for his goodness. Amen. Brought me back from the West Coast safe and sound. Amen. We had a great time in the West Coast. Ministered there um, in our Bible school over there, CSTI, Christian Service Training Institute. 
um, did some um, recordings for um, our online classes, and that um, uh, hopefully that went well. And then Sunday morning, we ministered in the church over there. Amen. I want to tell all my Spanish brethren that they're not real Spanish like me. I'm real Spanish now. Amen. I was right on the border. I was all my all I had to do was step over to Mexico. They don't mess with me. I always teach people, you know, all my Spanish friends, I tell them, I'm, I always ask them, I say, when the last time you've been back to your country? And they start saying, oh, I say, well, I'm more Spanish than you. <laughs> and so I really, I really feel like I'm more Spanish than all my Spanish friends because I ate more tacos than they ate, you know, in the past year. I ate more tacos in two days. Amen. Tijuana right there. We, we, we just right there. Man, we was getting authentic stuff. Amen. I had a great time out in California. I had some great friends out there, and I thank God for taking me and bringing back safely. Miss this church, but this is where God called me to be. So whenever I'm not here, I'm missing you. Amen. Let's stand and let's get into the word of the Lord. I won't keep you long, but I do have a word that I would like to share with you that I believe will help us, um, that will speak to our hearts. And hopefully if we apply it to our life, we will never be the same. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. Matthew chapter 20. Verse number 25. Again, it's good to see everyone. Amen. Our online congregation, we greet you. We love you. Amen. And we want God to have his way. Matthew 20, verse 25, the word of God says, But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye have, you, you have, let me start it again. Matthew 25, verse number 20. It says, but Jesus called them unto him and said, ye know that the prince of the Gentile or Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Almighty God, that you speak to our hearts today and that we will receive the word of God with gladness and that the word of God will feed our soul and, oh, God, that we will become what you want us to be. Whatever it is that's been a hindrance in our life, Lord, I pray that you will set us free from that hindrance. Whatever it is that binds us, Lord God, I pray that you will set us free from it, Lord God. We want your will to be done in our life. We want your spirit to have liberty, free course in our life, Father, that change will come and that we will be who you want us to be, who you designed us to be, who you have purpose for us to be. Will you touch us in a special way that after this service is through today, we will not be the same, but change would have come into our heart, into our mind, and into our life. We ask you all of these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to speak to you today on this topic, destined for greatness, destined for greatness, destined for greatness. The notion of rank or greatness in the world 
is like a pyramid. The higher you go up, the fewer you have to serve. And those who are served are less than those underneath them. All who are under serve those who are above. Until you come to the apex and there stands someone who has to do no service while all others have to serve him. That's the structure in our world of what is considered greatness. Of what is considered authority. That when you are so far up high up the food chain that you don't have to report to anybody and everybody report up to you, you are the head honcho. You are the shot caller. You have arrived. And so the structure of our world when we talk about greatness is is telling everyone, strive, give all you can. Do what you must so you can get on top because once you get on top, everybody serves you and you don't have to serve anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so all mankind, well, maybe not all, but many of us are living our lives pursuing that structure. Many of us are living our lives pursuing that order of trying to get to the top so we don't have to do much and everybody else has to do for us. Because when we reach that point, the world says, you are great. When you've reached that point, the world says, guess what? You have authority. When you've reached that point, the world says, you have accomplished great things. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, as you are under the sound of my voice, that the kingdom of God does not function, does not operate like the world when we're talking about greatness, when we're talking about authority. The kingdom of God does not function that way. And we today need to pray and ask God to change our mind from doing it the way it has been revealed to us in this world, in this life, that we are to strive our best to get on top so everybody else can serve us. we got to get that mindset changed because in no way can we live in the kingdom of God with that mindset because the kingdom of God does not operate that way. We can't go around trying to be head honcho for everybody to serve us. That is not the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus does not condemn ambition. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. The Lord does not condemn ambition, especially if it's ambition to do something great in the kingdom of God. However, we must seek him to be sure that whatever we're desiring to do, it is according to his purpose for our life. You see, you can aspire and have desire to say, I want to be this, I want to be that in the church, and it might seem good to you because how can anything not be good if it's godly? How can anything not be good if it's, if it's the things that pertains to the kingdom? But if God calls you to be a missionary in Brazil and you want to stay here in New Jersey and be an evangelist, you're out of the will of God even though you're doing something that is godly. We must seek God for what God has intended for us to be and do 
We cannot just get up and do whatever we want. We cannot just do however we want because that is not how the kingdom of God operates. However, when the Lord Jesus revealed what his purpose is in our life, in his kingdom, we must be good with it. Too often people say, I'm seeking the Lord to know his purpose. And when God began to show you his purpose, you said, oh, 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 maybe that's not God. Because I don't see myself like that. Because I'm not like that. I'm not outgoing like that. I'm just a person that stayed to myself. I don't get on like that. So that can't be God calling me to be this way because that's not how I move. That's not how I function. That's just not how I am. So that can't be me. You're only saying that because it's not what you want to do. But remember what I just said. God was the one that created you. God designed you. Before your mother was even giving you birth, before you were formed in her womb, God had ordained that whatever you ought to be, you're supposed to be. I said it in the service this morning. Don't you believe what anybody tells you that you can be whoever or whatever you want to be. That's not how we're supposed to view life as a Christian. We're supposed to view life as a Christian as being exactly what God designed us and purposed us to be in this life. That's what you want to do, not whatever you want. You know how many people have accomplished great things in this life and they're miserable? Because they are totally out of their purpose. They're totally away from what they were designed to do and to be in the eyes of God. Only when you do what God has called you to do will you be completely at peace in your life. You cannot be completely at peace in your life until you walk in the path that God has set before you and be who God has called you to be and pursue the things that God says you need to pursue. That's how you become at peace with it. Because even when the struggles are there, even when the challenges are there, you know what you're saying? I know I'm in the will of God. This is what God called me to do. And even though I'm going through a struggle, God got to bring me through. It's just like right now we need a, 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 a good amount of money. We need at least $500,000 to make the deposit, to, to make the purchase of our property. And I, I don't see it. Coming out of my pocket, I don't have 500000 I'm going to give all that I have. But we don't have it right up front to say, here you go. But guess what? I know we're in the will of God. I know God called us to build a church in Hamilton. I know he called us to where we are. I know he has called us to get the building. I don't know how he's going to work it out. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I know if he calls us to do something, he will do what we cannot do. We're destined for greatness, church. We're destined for greatness. Our self-esteem must not, should not come from what we do as Christians, our titles or our positions. There are so many people that have been saved and called into the ministry and they strive to, to get their self-esteem, their self-worth from their title as a Christian. From, 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 from what they do in the church. 
Their identity is look at me, who I am. And God did not call us to say, look at me, who I am. God called us uh, to fulfill our purpose in which he designed us for. And so there are many people, I've seen it over the years, and it grieves me when I see people decide that they're going to do something in the kingdom because that's what's going to make people pay attention to them. That's what's going to make people recognize them as somebody. That's what's going to make them feel like they have arrived. And so they do what they feel like they want to do and not what God is saying to them just so their their self-esteem could be elevated. But church, I'm here to tell you, let me help you this morning. You, me, and everybody else, we're supposed to get our self-esteem from knowing that Our identity is who we are as children of God and that God loves us. We're not supposed to get self-esteem from anything else other than knowing I am a child of God. I've I've been designed. I've been created in the image of God and God loves me. And that's where we should get our self-esteem and identity from in Christ, not in position, not in title, not in look at me, recognize me. That's not where we get self-esteem from. So greatness in this world is so different from greatness in the kingdom of God. We're destined for greatness, but not the greatness that you first discovered, not the greatness that this world has shown you. Not the greatness that you've learned from people that are not of the faith. That's not the greatness that God has called you to. That's not the greatness you're destined to. Greatness comes in the way God says it comes. Greatness is a word often used, and people's idea of it is it differs a lot. Some people, some people regard greatness of consisting of Riches, wealth. If you have a lot of money, you're great. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wealth makes you great. Some people regard greatness as social position. My position in this life makes me great. Some people, my physical strength, don't you see how built and strong that I am? Don't you see how I am? And so that makes us, guess what, great. Or if we see athletes how they're athletic and they're great. Some are greater than others. And we say, wow, he's great because of the athletic. Or she's great because Serena is great. This is what the world calls greatness. But the key to greatness is not found in position. The key to greatness is not found in status. The key to greatness is not found in power or athleticism. The key to greatness is found in character, in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, and obedience to him. That's where the keys are to greatness. It's in how you relate to the Lord Jesus. Whatever God called me to preach messages like this, It's a challenge because it's not messages that we like to hear because, again, we like for people to do for us. We like when things are being done for us. And so whenever you hear a message that turns the table on you where you're supposed to do, then that becomes a great challenge. Because all of us have been brainwashed, manipulated, Exposed to, hey, 
I'm trying to achieve greatness where everybody can do for me. I sit at the big, at the head of the table, and y'all bring to me what I need. Whatever I need, people are supposed to serve me. That's greatness. That's what the world has called greatness for so long. And so, so many of us are striving for that life. Uh, Give me, give me, give me. Bring to me, serve me. And that's what we want. And so when you hear from the pulpit the word of God saying, that's not how you become great. Even though you're destined for greatness, that's not how you become great. By everybody doing what you want them to do for you. That's not how you become great. No. And so the text we read was just explaining when the mother of James and John went up to Jesus. She went humbly, too. She didn't go in in any other way. She went humbly. The Bible says she went worshiping Jesus, and she went to him and says, Lord, will you grant my sons the honor of sitting on your right hand and your left hand in your kingdom? She wanted her boys to be great. But again, here we are, still people of God before they get to understand who Jesus is, thinking that greatness is all about position. Greatness is all about, you know, your title and where you are in life. And so even in the, in, in the, in the, as Christians, the, the woman of God went up to Jesus and says, I want my sons to sit on your right and on your left. Because all she was saying is, I want them to be great. Mm-hmm. 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 Jesus' response was not what she thought it would be. (laughs) Jesus' response was that, do you know what you're asking? You want your sons to sit where I am. Do you know what you're asking? Hmm. That was his question to her. He asked her, are they able to drink from the cup? that I shall drink from and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. Are they able to do that? Mm -hmm. Let me say this to all of us here today. We must be careful what we pray for or ask God for because some of it we can't handle what it will cost us. We can go to God and pray about a lot of things that we say, God, will you do blah, blah, blah? Will you use me to do blah, blah, blah? Will you bless me, blah, blah, blah? And first thing God will tell you is, are you able to deal with what it will cost you before you can get to that point? Because what I've learned from God is, in order for us to handle some of the things that God will will place upon us, we have to go through the process of being prepared to handle it. We do it in our own little way, but not as detailed as God would do. If you're, if, if my granddaughter come up to me now and say, Papa, can I get $50? I'm going to say, what you going to do with $50? Come on now, what are you doing $50? But if she come up to me and say, Papa, can I get $5? Here you go, girl, no questions asked. Because all we're doing is we're we're measuring what can they handle. And we won't give them what they cannot handle. 
Well, it's the same thing for God. Many of us are calling on God to say, God, give me this. God, give me that. God, use me to do this. God, use me to do that. And he says, oh, if it's my will, I will. But you're going to have to go through a whole lot before you will get to that place. Because when you get to that place, in order for you to keep doing it and stay humble, you would have to go through some stuff. Because God needs, when you get to the place where he's taking you to, that you stay there. And the only way you stay there is if you're humble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wherever he's taking you, the only way you will stay there once you get there is if you're humble. If you're not humble, he will take you there, you'll get there, and great will be your fall. Mm-hmm. Jesus expresses... His voluntary intention of suffering bitterly and ask if they are prepared to do the same. Church, we can't get around suffering as Christians. Yep, come on now. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got because we don't want to suffer. I'm back to my sister. This is the comment. I got to go back to her because I got to show you all because I don't I don't I don't like to lose you along the way when I'm explaining God's word to you. Because sometimes I say some things and when it sounds just kind of too hard, you stop listening. So let me go back to my dear sister Cummings. As I said, some years ago, probably about five years ago, something happened with her house and it, it just got messed up. And. And, and almost call it condemned. Couldn't live in it anymore. So just think about that. I said five years ago. I didn't say six months ago. I said five years ago. And for all those years, the house is messed up. She can't live in it. I'm not even going to get into her living arrangements while she is figuring out, how am I ever going to get my house up and running again? So you know it can't be comfortable because we're never comfortable unless we're in our own as an adult. I don't care if my kids are good to me or my other relatives. It doesn't matter who's good to me. If I'm an adult, the only time I feel good is when I'm in my own. And she was out of her own for a long time, and she did what she had to do to survive. She still went to work, did her stuff. But the bottom line was she was not in her home that she paid for. So think about for poor Five years, this woman have to keep living and keep looking at her house and can't go in her house. We, we, her and I laugh about it because what she used to do, it was so challenging for her. She would go, to, go down her street, pull up in her driveway, and sat on her porch in her chair. And she would just, she couldn't, she couldn't live in the house, but she just sat on the porch in her chair and just looking around. But she can't go in her house. She can't sleep in her house. She can't live in her house. And we watch how God work at that situation. And if you go to her house right now today, best house on the block. Best, I mean, not even close. Best house on the block, and it's brand new. What's my point for telling that story? She suffered. That's my point for telling the story. She suffered. And so what happens with us a lot of times is when we hear about suffering, we just shut down. Because all we want is for everything to work out, just always be good. No suffering, no struggles, no nothing. Just give me the good stuff all the time. 
That's not real life. That's fantasy. Nobody lives that way. You have to struggle. You have to go through in order to see any victory in your life and to enjoy the goodness of life. You've got to go through something. Brother D got two boys that he loves dearly. He's sending them to college with his own money, not college tuition, not, not um, some, some college um, grant or loan, his own money. While he was doing that, he was driving this car. He had a, he had a, I forgot the name of it, but, but he drove until it just couldn't go anymore. Then after that couldn't go anymore, it was gone. He, I guess he said, let me get me a nice little reliable Honda Accord. And he drove his Honda Accord. He never was whiny. He never gave a hard time. And then finally, he put his two boys to school, paid for all their stuff, and now he drives a BMW SUV. Somebody sees the stuff and they're going to say stuff. The man struggled. He went through some stuff in order to get there. So why do we think that all of a sudden now we are born again of the water and of the spirit? We give our life to Christ and everything now is just a bed of roses. Everything now is just easy street. Everything now is always good and there's no struggle and there's no suffering and there's no pain. Life does not work like that. So it is in the natural, so it will be in the spiritual. If we struggle in the natural to achieve something, we're going to have to struggle in the spiritual to achieve something. It doesn't change. So for all of you who think that you're going to achieve something and you never struggle, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. I remember... My wife and I talk about that. We tell our kids, but they don't want to hear that. They forgot what kind of cars we used to drive before we drive the car that we're driving now. They forgot that. They, they forgot we were driving cars with no air conditioning. They forgot we were driving cars that, you know, a couple of the tires always ball. We never had four new tires. They forget all those things. They forgot sometimes the windows didn't work. They, they forget all those things. We don't just arrive on top. We have to go through some struggles. We have to go through some challenges. We don't get to the top and be great until we go through some stuff. Greatness is not achieved by doing nothing at all and everything being done for you. That's not how it's done. That's not how it's done. But you're destined for greatness. When, when I say you're destined for greatness, what I'm saying is you're appointed to greatness. God has appointed you to be great. God has appointed you. He has predestinated for you to be great. It's something that he has already built in from before the foundation of the world that God had destined for you to be great. He didn't want you to be sub, sub, just, just, just substandard. He destined for you to be great. Every one of us in this, in this room that's virtual, that's a part of this church, and all over in the church, God destined for you to be great, not for you to be average. He wanted you to be great. You have to know that. But there's going to be struggles. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be some things that we have to go through. But that doesn't mean God didn't call you. To be great. God called you to be great. Somebody say amen. The Bible states that when the other disciples, James and John, mother, went and tried to prop them up, when the other disciples heard her talking to Jesus, hey, Jesus, 
can you let my sons, one on the right, one on the left, you know, sit with you, you know. And when the other disciples heard it, they had indignation, the Bible calls it, but it means resentment. They were resent, they, they had resentment towards the mom and, and the boy, like, are you kidding me? What are we, chopped liver? Why should they be exalted to that position and we're, 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 we're just down here? But the bottom line was, again, they too, all the disciples are thinking that greatness comes from your position or your title. And Jesus had to clarify that, 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 that your position in the kingdom is determined before you were even born. Your position... What you will do in God's kingdom was determined before you were even born. So you can't now come on the scene and try to make up something. You can't come on the scene and decide that this is what I want to be. You go back to Jeremiah and read that text where he told Jeremiah, before you was formed in your mother's womb, I ordained you a prophet. So God doesn't change. Before you and me and every one of us were formed in our mother's womb, God already ordained what we will be and our purpose in him. The question is, have we seek God out to know what that is? Because we can't just make up what we want. We can't just decide this is what I'm going to be. No, God had determined that already, and so now we need to seek him. This is why when we hear the scripture talk all the time about seek me, seek me, seek me, we're wondering, why do we got to seek him? Because he's got mysteries. He's got, he's got information for you. He's got directions and instruction for your life. And so when you seek him, then he will reveal them to you. Listen, Sister Vicky talked about this um, Friday night and Saturday about receiving the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and we... How I've seen it over the years, I've never heard it explained that way. I can say today, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want you to come. And people that don't have the Holy Ghost will come. It doesn't mean they want it, though. People can come because we assimilate. We know how to assimilate real good. We know how to keep the spotlight off of us when, when it's going to look negative. So we just assimilate and we get together. So there are people that act like they want something, but they really don't. So that's why God says, seek me. It's not because he wants you to work hard. It's because he wants you to want it. Because why give you something that you don't care about? So when he says, seek me, he's saying, when you seek me, I know you want it and you care about it. But if you just stand there and say, well, whatever you're going to do, do God. He's saying, and you can keep on waiting. Because I'm not going to give you something that you don't want. He won't give us his spirit if we don't want it. He won't give us anything that we're desiring if we don't seek for it. If we don't act like we want it, he won't give it to us. And with God, you can't just act it out. You got to, it really got to be in your heart because he knows your heart. So God gives us information, instructions, and direction when we really want it. But if we don't want it, God says, hey, what you want me to do? I can't give you something you don't want. Mm -hmm. Jesus taught the essence of true greatness. He said, whoever desire to be great among you must be your minister. 
That word minister, when you hear it from today on, when you hear minister, that, that, that's the title that I've got. When you hear minister, there's title that, you know, people in this church got. When you hear the title minister, I want you to think servant. You know what that means? Everybody in the kingdom of God is a minister. I know we thought for many years minister mean the person that gets behind the podium and speak a word from the Bible. But I'm here to tell you, ministers are servants of God. And so every one of us in the kingdom are ministers. And so he says, whosoever desire to be great among you must be your servant. Which means they must serve. Greatness is determined by servanthood. True leadership places his or her knees last as Jesus exemplified in his life and in his death. We, if we're going to be leaders, if we're going to be ministers, servants, we put our knees last and we take care of everybody else's needs. Man, that's hard, preacher. I got to take care of myself. See, you don't understand the word of God. Here is how the word of God works. I don't have enough time to go through everything I need to tell y'all, give you step by step. But here is the deal. When you are taking care of God's business, God is taking care of your business. Did you understand that? So when we are doing what God says we need to do and we're serving each other, we're, we're serving one another. When we're doing that, you don't have to worry about, well, what about me? God is taking care of your business. You think God is going to have you giving yourself in serving others because that's what he requires and he never takes care of you? <laughs> my son Jordan said the other day, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't get it out of my, word, my mouth quick enough to let him know. He says, Dad, man, you always seem to, probably in the best way I can say it in his words, you always seem to get to do good things and enjoy the favors of, you know, the Lord and, and stuff like that. And I smile because, you know, he liked David Bernard. Brother, Brother Bernard's son is a great drummer, and so Jordan loves him. And so I was hanging out with him the other day, and I don't know how just people and just the connection of people. And he said, Dad, you, you get to do all of that stuff. I said, Jordan, I get to do all of that stuff because I, give, I gave my life to Christ a long time ago and I live to please him. I live to please Christ, not myself. And so wherever that takes me, that's where it takes me. I, I don't try to go out of my way to say I need to connect with this person. No, wherever the Lord takes me, that's where I go. Whatever the Lord called me to do, that's what I do. If it looks like from the outside that I'm having a good time, well, maybe you ought to tell the Lord to, to, to let you do some of that stuff. You'll see if it's a good time. I laugh now. Remember I told you all one of my greatest desire? Um, I love airports. You remember that story? When, when I was a kid, I stole my grandmother $20. And I took that twenty dollars was a lot back then. I stole her twenty dollars, and I caught two buses, one from over Portmore to Kingston, and one from Kingston to the airport where well y'all ain't flying to that one. Y'all flew into um, Sangston. I, I, I the one in Kingston. So I went to the airport, and all I did was sat at the airport because back then you know you get to watch the plane, the people walk on the tarmac, and they get on the plane. I watched. I was sitting there all evening long with a bag of chips eating and watching like landing and taking off and i always said man i love flying 
I'm talking about 10 years old. Man, 10 years old. I just realized what I just said. 10 years old, I'm catching two buses by myself. Anyway, and I'm watching it, taking off and, and all that stuff. And I just admired that, and I loved that, and I wished one day I was able to do that. And now I find myself getting tired of flying. I never thought the day in my life would come where I said, Lord, don't let me see fly. Never thought that day would come because I love the planes and flying. I love the airports. I go to the airport. I like to walk around. I want to see if there's any interesting food. Yeah, that food is expensive. Whatever. I just love the airport so much. I'm doing whatever I do when I get to the airport. But God, when, when you give your life to him, he will just weave it. He would just weave your life in such a way that you will experience things that you're wondering, how in the world did I get here? How in the world did I experience this? I went to Israel, church. I went to Israel and stayed in a five-star hotel. I, I was in Israel for 10 days, stayed in a five-star hotel, ate three meals a day, and all I paid was $500. Can't, t- can't top that. That, that's, that, that doesn't exist. That's impossible. I can't tell you how that happened. It wasn't illegal. But every Christian wants to go to the Holy Land. We want to go and we want to see it. And I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it. It wasn't on my radar. But I got a phone call. Hey, you want to go to Israel? My point is, you can... Be okay with when God is calling you and when you hear about struggles and you hear about suffering and you hear about put God first and all this stuff. And you don't have to worry. It's going to be all right. It's going to be a challenge, Luke. It's, it's not going to be easy. You got the Holy Ghost. The devil's not going to leave you alone. He really going to be on your case. But God will bring you through and make you great if you trust him and you obey him and you submit to him. God will make you great. And you look back at your life and says, my God, how did my life turn out to be this way? And it will be in awe. Because what God will cause to happen in your life, if you were good, you still couldn't do it. That's how good God is. Whatever you think is good, even if you try to make it work, it couldn't work as good as when you turn it over to Jesus and let him do it. Uh Uh-huh. 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 True leaders places his or her needs last as Jesus exemplified in his life. Being a servant did not mean occupying a civil, a civil position. Rather, it meant having an attitude of life that freely attended to others' needs without expecting or demanding anything in return. When you are servant, you attend to other people's need, and you don't re- expect anything in return. Uh-huh. An attitude of service brings true greatness in Christ's kingdom. He described leadership from a new perspective for these disciples to understand. Instead of using people, we are to serve people. This world sees people as a commodity. Even in the church, we have preachers that say, the more people I got, the more powerful my church is. The more people in my church, the greater we are. Christ said a church, we're going to serve God and we're going to reach the lost, but the crowd don't determine how great we are. 
The crowd don't determine how great we are. God is going to show us great things in this church. God is going to add to this church. And we're, our congregation is going to be a great congregation. But it's not going to be because of the crowd. It will be because we are servants. It won't be because of the crowd. It won't be because I think, oh, look at what we're doing. No, it will be because we serve the Lord. We gave our life to him and we're serving each other. And we're not looking for anything in return. A real leader has a servant's heart. Servant leaders appreciate others' worth and realize that they are not above any job. I am not above any job. I am not above any job. You hear me say from time to time, I'm here to serve you because I never want to get it twisted in making it seem like I'm, 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 I'm somebody. I'm a servant of God. And I'm here to serve this church. That's what I am. Nothing more. Matthew 20 and 28, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus himself did not come here to be served. (laughs) Why should we be willing to serve? Because our master set the example. Jesus explained that he came not to be served, but to serve. Now, let me tell you something, church, and I'm getting ready to finish up here. Let me tell you this. It is an awesome thing to realize that Jesus created everything in the world, the world and everything in it he created. And after he's done creating all of it, he served it. That, 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 that's not making good sense to us. You would think, because this is how we think, I created them. They only exist because of me. The breath that they take, it's because of me. The life that they have is because of me. I gave them this great opportunity to be able to get saved and go to heaven. I gave them the opportunity that they can get married and have children. I, I, I am the one that does it all. The least they can do is serve me. The least they can do is serve me. If Jesus was like us, that would have been his attitude. The least they can do is serve me for all I've done for them. But he didn't do that. He he served us. He served us. As a matter of fact, when he came in the flesh, Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. When he came in the flesh, he washed their feet. He grabbed bucket and towel and washed their feet. His own creation. He said, sit there, let me wash your feet. His own creation that that he he could have easily said, you owe me something. I made you. I gave you a life. I gave you opportunity. You need to wash my feet. But Jesus washed his own disciples' feet, his very own creation. He washed their feet. So who do we think we are? Because we didn't create anybody. Life didn't come from us. Life already existed. All we did was just take part in continuing it. But life always existed because it came from God. So who do we think we are that we can't serve each other when the almighty God who gave life have served us? Greatness is about serving each other. Greatness is not about 
Everybody's serving me. I've worked hard. Now everybody needs to serve me. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 5 says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. He is telling us, Paul is writing saying, let the mind of Christ arm you. You want to have the same mind that Christ has, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form Almighty God became a man as a servant. Can you believe that? And was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto humble myself to who? Y'all that I made? That don't even appreciate me? I'm supposed to humble myself? You must be out of your mind. I'm telling you, that's what man's attitude would be. That I'm not humbling myself to nothing. You all are disrespectful. You don't appreciate me. You don't love me. Of all that I've done for you, you don't even show no appreciation. But the Bible says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. The creator of everything obeyed everything he needed to obey unto death of the cross. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Greatness, church, comes by submitting oneself to the Lord Jesus. Greatness comes by humbling oneself, obeying and pursuing God's purpose for our life, sticking to that purpose until death. That's what greatness is all about. We obtain a throne by paying with our lives, not by praying with our lips. We must identify with Jesus Christ in his service and suffering, for even he could not reach the throne except by the way of the cross, which is suffering and struggling and pain. We cannot be great unless we go through some struggles, some suffering, some pain, because even the creator, that's what he did. Stand to your feet with me. Jesus presented himself, the son of man, as the supreme example of a servant to others. He laid down his life. And in all of it, he could have did something different. He had the power to do whatever he wanted to do, but yet he humbled himself. Greatness is not about wealth, church. Greatness is not about position, church. Greatness is not about status or power or uh, athleticism. The key to greatness is found in character, submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, obedience to him, and service to each other. Many people seem to care more about optics than outcome. We have to be careful that we don't become a people that care more about the optics than we care about outcome. If you're going to be great according to God's way, optics don't matter to us. Outcomes is what matters. And we only get outcomes when we humble ourselves, when we submit ourselves, when we obey the plan of God and, and, and stick to it to the end. 
That's how we get to accomplish greatness, not according to optics, what people think of, how it look on the outside. We're always worried about how it look on the outside. What are people saying about us? I know it's easy for me to say at 53 years old than it was if I was probably 23 years old. I'm going to give that. I'm going to say that. But I'm still going to tell you, young people, when you sell out to Jesus, you won't care about optics. You will care about optics as long as you're just living your own life. But when you sell out to Jesus, you won't care about optics. And, and this world, I'm telling you, you better sell out to Jesus because our world will have us coming and going. It's never settled. It's never stable. It's always something. It's always changing. This world is ever changing. But God stays the same. And the, the point is, if you try to follow the course of this world, you're going to find yourself up and down, sideways. It just, just, just never stable. Not because you're not a stable person, but because you're following the ways of the world. And the world is not stable. But when you follow Jesus, you'll be stable because guess what? He never changes. What you see about the Lord is what you're going to get from the Lord because he never changes. He changed not. I'm God and I change not. It's time for us to take our rightful place and pursue greatness because God has appointed all of us in his kingdom to be great. We're destined for greatness, but the way it comes is not the way we have learned in our world. Greatness comes from us serving one another. Greatness comes from us humbling ourselves before the Lord and, and, and pursuing him for our purpose. Greatness comes from that. And believe me, just for all of you that are you know, still trying to process what I'm saying, if you missed what I've said in some of my explanations, here is something I want you to think about. In you... Pursuing greatness the way God says, all of your desires that you have, that is not ungodly, you will still get that in your greatness. Just in case you, just in case you think that you're going to be serving the Lord, pleasing others, and get nothing out of it. God is not unrighteous. I talked about that. God is not unrighteous to have you be good to someone and you not receive goodness yourself god would be unrighteous if god tells you to serve his people and you never get anything good out of it for yourself he would be unrighteous if he ever does that and god is not unrighteous so all that i'm telling you it might sound challenging it might sound like man but what am i going to get out of the deal because that's we're just so accustomed and built that way that we're always thinking all right i hear you pastor that sounds good but but what about me i'm going to spend all my life just doing all of this stuff what do i get God is good and he's not unrighteous. He will make sure you receive what you need. The Bible says that delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So when you strive for greatness according to God's will, the desires that you have in your heart, Josh, all of the desires, that's right. God will see to it that you receive them. So he's not going to have you just giving and giving and giving and you don't get anything. He's not like that. He's loving. He's love. And God will not allow you to do that. Let's lift our hands and go before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today, O oh God. 
We thank you for speaking to our heart today, Lord God, and helping us to understand how we would obtain greatness. Today, Lord Jesus, I pray that we will not leave this place the same way we came in. But that change will come to us, Lord God. Change that will cause us to see differently. Change that will cause us to live differently. Change that will make us, Lord God, do what you have called us to do. I pray today, Lord God, that the will of God will be done in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, in our spirit, Lord God. That we will experience greatness through obedience, surrendering all to you and serving one another, Lord God. That we will experience greatness, Father. I pray today that you will help us, Lord. Oh, today, Lord Jesus, let change come into our heart. Today, Lord, let change come into our mind and our life, Lord God. That we will never, ever be the same again, Lord God. Let change come, Lord God. Change that will take place in our heart. Change that will compel us, Lord God, to serve one another and to serve, Lord Jesus, uh, with a right attitude and with a right spirit, Lord God. Lord, help us all. Help us all, Lord God, to go after greatness because, Lord, we are destined for it. We are destined for greatness. Let it be so in our life, Almighty God. Let it be so in our life, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let it be so, Lord God, that greatness, Lord God, will come upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Have your way, Lord God. Come on, let's continue to worship the Lord. Let's continue to worship the Lord. As we sing this song together, I give myself away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give myself away. At this time, at this moment, if you have an opportunity, if you would like to come to the altar to reach and touch God in a place of where you believe that he has called you, there's a purpose that he is beckoning you. If he's nudging you, if he, after the word that has been preached today, is your spirit stirred in your heart that you need it. An answer and a confirmation from the Lord. This is the opportunity. This is your time. Even those who are watching, stretch your hands towards the screen of your smartphone or your, or your even your computer, and believe God that God is touching you and God is giving you a word that He's going to beckon you. He's going to nudge you. He's going to prompt you. He's going to continue to be a spoken voice in your life. That he's going to get perfect that which is concerning your life. If there's anyone here, you can come right now. Let's seek the Lord. Let's seek it with all our heart. As the word was preached today, he came unto his own, and his own received them not. But to them that he has given, he has given them power to become the sons of God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We honor you. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord again. In the beauty of holiness, withholding nothing. That's our prayer today, withholding nothing. Hallelujah. 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 And at this time, we're also going to close out in prayer as Pastor beckoned to us as he ended the message. We're thanking God today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for another opportunity to come into your house. To come into your holy place, Lord God. The most holy place of 
of where you want us to be. Thank you, Lord God, for keeping us another day. Lord God, we give you thanks, Lord God, for the word that was spoken today. Lord Jesus, that we entered into your gates. Now we're into your innermost being. For the word that was intimately provided and brought forth by our man of God, I pray that, God, you restore his strength. And, Lord God, you continue to bless him in every kind of way. Father, we give you the praise and we give you the honor for what has been spoken today. And as we leave from this place and not from your presence, we're praying that, God, the same urgency, the same desire to be destined for greatness, Lord God, will be meditated in our heart. Help us to be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth fruit in this season. Oh God, his leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper. Father, Lord Jesus, help us not be like the wind, the chaff that driveth, oh Lord God, way by the winds. I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to keep our hearts meditated throughout this week. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, when things and challenges come against us, oh God, when the word of God wants to not take root and wants to challenge us in our believing, God, help us to hold on. Help us to have that, oh God, understanding that if he said in his word, he shall perform it. Lord God, we're going to get believed until it comes and manifests. And so, God, we be encouraged. Let us be strengthened. And we thank you. We thank you for answered prayers. We thank you for visions and destinies being birthed in this hour. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. And let us clap our hands, saints of God, if we can give our God a great praise in our thanksgiving in believing that he has spoken and what he has said. Father, we give you the praise and the honor. Continue to worship the Lord as we fellowship together where you have a blessed day in the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. And we pray that you have a blessed week in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.